to Monorant, the only boys rewatch podcast obsessed with Homelander's aim, Ashley's fashion, and the deep's bodily functions. I'm one of your hosts and jack of all trades, Mono, and with me is my co-host and master of none, Kira. Kablam! We're back. Now, after nearly two years of waiting, the boys has finally returned, and we're back after a few months of not talking the boys. Three months. Well, not talking the boys on mic anyway. We pretty much can't go a day without talking the boys, in fairness. Yeah. But we're going to be doing things a little bit differently this time around because we haven't seen any further in the show for a change. No, it's weird. We're going into this season blind. Yeah, so we have literally only watched the first episode and we're going to watch the second episode after we finish recording today and then record about that. Yeah, and also predictions, things like that, because they've moved quite dramatically away from the comic book storylines Yeah, in some aspects of it. You can't really predict what's going to happen. We're going to fucking try anyway, though. Oh, yeah, we are. <laughs> we will still be talking about the uh, comics, though, so possible spoilers for the comics, but no spoilers for the show anymore. No, because we can't. Because we don't know. Yeah, because we don't. Because today we are talking episode one of the long-awaited season three, and that is Payback. It was written by Craig Rosenberg, and Ellie Monaghan was the executive script editor both of whom have done a couple episodes of the show in the previous two seasons, yep. and director Phil Segrecia, who has done probably, I think he's directed more episodes than anybody else at this point of the show. Yeah, And even though show... it was the same director, it still had a slightly different visual style, which was nice. Yeah, I meant... It got I... a little bit art housey there at points. Yeah, I meant to look up the director of photography for this episode, actually, but I completely forgot. Especially but... Butcher's Entrance. Butcher's entrance. The, 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 yeah, the very... The uh, very Blues Brothers nun coming through <laughs> the doorway on a hoverboard. Well, we've seen him just appear randomly in bathrooms before with Mesmer. <laughs> that's that how George, that's how George Michael got arrested. <laughs> Uh, no, I think the interaction between George Michael and the police officer was slightly different between yes. the one and Billy Butcher and Mesmer. <laughs> yes. Not that different between Ashley and no. Director Burke, though. Oh, he didn't wash his hands. <laughs> no. Oh, no, he did so not wash his hands. He didn't. He still had the hair in his hands. I know! <laughs> gross. Yeah, no, it was pretty gross and it was pretty rotten, but it's it's good to be talking to boys again. Yes, and especially is. new boys. Diabolical was one thing, but we're back with the main show and mm-hmm. I could not be fucking happier. Yeah. Like, the first episode was brilliant. Yeah, the, the panic that happened in this house at five past one this morning. Yeah, when it... it because when the episodes wouldn't upload. I was like, well, fucking re- restart it, reload the app, no, restart it again, no, re- ah! And then, yeah, eventually, like, well, I say eventually, it was like six minutes past one. Yeah. <laughs> we got into it and watched it about four times. Yeah. And then got like three hours sleep and we're like, right, wake up, record. <laughs> well, watch it one more time and then record. Yeah. But before we, we go into the specifics and start... Summary? Yeah, yeah. We'll go for the usual summary. A year has passed in the world of the boys and the more things change, the more they stay the same. Vader riding high having survived both the public revelation of V and Stormfront's Nazi past, while the boys are still the underdog despite Huey's promotion and government backing. But with Starlight being made co-captain of the Seven as Homelander spirals further, and Huey's new boss not being all she's cracked up to be, there's still a hell of a lot more change to come. And yeah, I expect a hell of a lot more <laughs> change yeah, no, and um, upset to come. No, well, episode one is basically uh, uh, like, where are they now now? Yeah, it's a bit of a catch-up because yeah. a year has passed. But but they do they do the catch-up pretty well. It, there's very little yeah. of anybody being like, oh, here's what I did for the last year. No, it's like, this is where they are now. It's kind of very similar to their initial introductions in season one. Season two started with a bit of a catch-up as well. 
Yeah. In terms of you had the lads being in the, the Haitian King's basement and kind of... Yeah, the, the little kind of as Huey's walking through and you've got M.M. stitching up a guy and... Yeah, and in, in this, the the opening... Well, not the opening scene because that was the dawn of the seven like movie, movie bit. But the red carpet scene functions in the same way as the opening scenes of season two did in that we find out... That, that's where we find out that it has been a year because one of the people ask Sage Rain what, you, what have you been doing for the last year yeah you see Homelander having to apologise for Stormfront. Stormfront you see Starlight's a big big deal and Huey and her are together you see the FBSA have been working with Vought because Vic's there with Stan yeah so in that scene alone you, and then when they're in the bathroom you get Billy showing up and finding out a little bit of what's been going on with them so it's all done very quickly and very efficiently yeah well it's in like what the title card's like 15 minutes in <laughs> well yeah but that so you get no but you get kind of like where everybody is in that first 15 minutes oh easily yeah yeah easily and then it kind of leads on from there to like this is where they are this is what's been going on and now here's this bomb this bomb and this bomb yeah but that that red carpet scene just catches you up in the world <laughs> in the world really quickly yeah but yeah, the the bit before that where we actually get to see finished scenes from the Burke cut of the oh, Dawn of the Seven. Oh my god, I love it. I love the fact that Charlize Theron is better lit. It's better quality. She's always got wind. No matter what way she faces, she has wind. <laughs> yeah. The suit looks more like a Marvel or like an actual like feature film suit like it's not a practical one like the vault ones are the vault ones look like they're made and they're practical and they have functionality this looks like yeah that like was the fucking ridiculous ones that you get that don't have pockets or <laughs> visible seams or anything like that her suit looks like a, a a suit for a film rather than a suit for everyday use yeah like the rest but of the, the suits in the, the world i just like the fact that she's like amazingly well lit compared to him and even the footage quality is different for them, it's that kind of like real gritty DC and she's in kind of the sparkly Marvel style, which yeah. is very much the whole Justice League thing was you could almost see where Whedon had done reshoots. Yeah, which bits were Whedon's and which bits were Snyder's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and then the the bit outside with Burke when he's being... Oh yeah, release, hashtag release the Burke yeah, cut. Yeah, all you guys went crazy with that hashtag release the Burke well, cut. Well, if that's the Burke cut, it probably should have stayed. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, unreleased uh, it's yeah it's now fucking Snyder no I like the line about how they after the, the whole Stormfront is a Nazi theme you weren't sure if we were going to shelve it all together or just drop it on Vox. oh like they did with Black Widow like they did with Black Widow yeah well I'm pretty sure that's what yeah. that was supposed to be I also love the fact that he's wearing a Tyrell Corp from Blade Runner t-shirt yeah there's there's a whole ton of easter eggs in this yeah. and that's one of the few non-boys comics related easter eggs yeah. in that it's it's a, a Blade Runner reference yeah no very nice <laughs> like it but yeah you copped that straight away I was like hey well in fairness we went to see Blade Runner with a live orchestra like two weeks ago this is true this is true so it's fresh <laughs> in the memory but yeah the the transition from the film to the red carpet reveal where you see them all sitting in the cinema I like that it was this kind of blurry because as Homelander's watching it and he fades out. Yeah, you get the high-pitched ring. To then this media frenzy and bulbs going off and shouting and left and right and smile and people are shouting your name and it just... Oh, it looks so tedious. Oh, God, yeah, it does. I kind of get why Dominique McGillian <laughs> doesn't do red carpets because that, yeah, I don't blame her. That looks... Even that, that like, two, three minutes of it just looked 
so unbearable. Especially the bit where Homelander just turns and fucks just off. Just fucks off. <laughs> he was just standing there <laughs> like, like, oh, oh shit. Yeah, fuck. Game I'll face just, on. Yeah. And yeah, nobody, like, they're all calling for Maeve when Maeve and Homelander are together. Yeah. They're like, Maeve to your right, Maeve to your left. And then he's getting a few pics taken and Starlight comes in with Huey and everybody wants Starlight's yeah, photo. Yeah, she's also back in her old outfit, which is nice to see. It's just it like, like an updated version. It's just the vault version of it. Yeah. Like, so it's better quality materials. You can see it's like, you know, a little bit fancier than her old one. Yeah, but Starlight is hot shit right now. Yes. And Vought are jumping all over that and pushing that because it's like, she's the good Christian girl who took down, well, we don't know if it's too... Her involvement with the boys is public knowledge, yeah. But they're like, obviously Homelander referenced it in the speech at the end of season two. Saying she was falsely accused. You know, and that they were, her and Maeve were working together to take down, to expose Stormfront. So they know that they're, they're involved in some way. Like they've been pushing, you know, here's Maeve, who's a brave, strong, proud lesbian woman fighting against the Nazi message. And then you've got Starlight, Starlight as a wholesome Christian fighting against this like supremacist. And we message. saw we saw in the seven on seven segments on YouTube, and we were saying in our seven on seven episode that they very much seem to be pushing. Look at how inclusive Vought are. We've changed Votland's Brave Mave Battle Arena to Brave Mave's Inclusive Kingdom. Yeah, and they very the Pride much, Burgers. Yeah, they very much seem to be pushing Starlight into the forefront as well because of that wholesome image and Stan references it specifically later yeah. in the episode when he says she's got a 96 approval rating and, and nobody's that, ever had a 96 and that she's got that wholesome image that Vought desperately need right yeah, now people want this is the hero you want your children emulating yeah but sticking with the the seven side of things, after the dawn of the seven premiere, we see uh, we see the deep for the first time. Oh, Kevin! Yeah, back. Kevin's with... back. Oh, actually, shilling a book. Before before we move on to that, the bit when A Train is being interviewed and asked where he's been, and Ashley comes over and is like, "Oh, no questions that aren't about the film, please." Here's here's Black Noir for you to interview. You're gonna hear the interview being like. How are you? <laughs> that was just a nice little All bit. that interview thing where she, like, it, it was like, lady, he doesn't want to answer. Stop. It just got kind of awkward really fast. Not as awkward as the sex that Ashley and no, uh, Burke were having, no. where she's calling him a fraud because he didn't even crying. do the reshoots. <laughs> pulled my hair. No, no pull it out. Oh, fuck. We, I mean, I I know I give you shit for talking about Ashley's clothes all the Ashley's time. Ashley's fucking brilliant. But, uh, Ashley's fucking brilliant, especially in this episode. But the angry the angry hate sex in the, the cinema You're toilet. You're a fraud. He had to reshoot half your things for you. Oh. In the, the, the Lamplighter Memorial Theatre. Oh. But yeah, oh, sorry, that, that red carpet scene. It's just, there's so much going on there. We could probably talk about it for an entire hour. Oh, so But we'll, ha- we'll have to move on. I and, know. and I am happy to move on to talk about The Deep, who's finally made it out of the cult. He's free, and he took his wife with him. Who, even though she gives terrible blowjobs, yeah, <laughs> which is, is for for him, that's gross. It is gross, and I suppose <laughs> it, he's also smart enough to know that it's good marketing. It's good, yeah. He 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 still needs to get back into the seven, and he can't just d- ditch the person who's made him kind of go up yeah. in ratings with with the women. Yeah, well, he's been on. He appears on the Cameron Coleman Hour, and he's shilling his new book deeper, which we know he 
you know, had the title. Yeah, but um, it turns out that it was Ghostwritten Firm by Shia LaBeouf's well, Ghostwriter. Well, he tried. <laughs> he tried. And we'll give him props for that. It's more effort than Deep's probably ever done in anything else in his life. Yeah. And this is something that he tried to do, realised he couldn't do, backed off, got somebody else to do it for him, and no sea animals died in the process. That we know of. Yes. We'll find out perhaps later on in the yeah, season how many sea animals die. I'm sure at least one does. Oh. But I like, he's he's pretty confident in that scene. Yeah. And like he seems happy, even though he's not on, on the seven yet. He's no, like, he's, he's doing good. his thing. He's, he's like, yeah. he's shilling his book. And it's not until he realizes that Homelander is angry with him. Because he got a time slot ahead of him. Oh, not, he's so depending angry. On, depending and on, you can see Ashley being like, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up, like she's head shaking and stuff. But on, on talk shows, is the last guest not the most important? I don't know, maybe on American political talk shows you'd want to have them be first because of the really short attention spans. I don't know, but in any case, Homelander's certainly taking it as a slight. Yeah. <laughs> it takes deeper... And it is, it's just it, the first four or five encounters he has in this episode are all huge knocks to his ego. Um, They are on the... Well, no, this one, he's like, that went pretty well. At the end of it. Yeah, no, but Homelander's after taking blow after blow after blow. Oh, to Homelander's ego. Sorry, I think about Deep's. No, 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 no. Deep, <laughs> Deep walked away from that alive. That was like, and, and yeah, he with says, everything he intact. He says that went pretty well. Yeah, they're still, yeah, everything's intact. Uh, I'm not, I haven't been disappeared. But Homelander just keeps getting these blows to his ego. And then, which culminates in the ultimate one with the Stan Edgar meeting. Yeah, but I like how when... When he's talking to Deep, he's like, "Were you on the slot before me?" And Deep's like, "Yeah, I was doing my book." And here's Cassandra. You remember my wife? We got out of that fucking cult. And blah 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 blah. blah. And he talks for ages, and then he says, "You know, so maybe get me back on the seven Yeah, he's and like, "I'm ready to go. Like, put me back on the team." Yeah, he's and like, Homelander just I've says, been. "How?" And he's like, "How? How? How? What? Like, how? How do you put me back on the seven And he's like. How did you get the slot before me? Because he hasn't made it past no. that at all. He just he's he still just, processing yeah. that. I was happy to see, purely for the Deep's well-being, but I was happy to see that Homelander recognised it wasn't the Deep's fault that he no, got the, the slap before. No, the Deep's an idiot. Like, he knows, and he, Ke- does, he knows that Kevin's an idiot. He just, yeah, he, he leaves it and he's like, once the Deep kind of apologises and shows shows the fear that, that Homelander yeah. needs to have, he's like, okay, fine, it's not your fault. And, and even gives him, it was good to see you. Which was unexpected. Yeah, he's doing well for himself. He can learn. No, and I also think... It's about time he learned some fucking humility, in fairness. No, but he's also... Knowing the way his schemey little brain works. Yeah. He's going, what did he do? How is he? Because he's earning back the public's approval after, you know, these... Well, not allegations, after he put put something where it shouldn't have gone. It sounds like he's the first person to have been kicked out of the seven. Yeah, and he's actually deep. earning a way back into and, it. And yeah, like, as opposed to A like, Train, who. Lamplighter like, and was retired, we were told. Marathon Man was probably retired as well, we don't know, but he lasted four years noir, on the seven. Or not Noir. Uh, um, Translucent was blown up. Yeah, Translucent was killed. <laughs> but yeah, Deep was actually fired from the yeah. seven and now is actually doing quite well. And he has a At least he's not in Sandusky, the article, Ohio the anymore. Article, <laughs> the article on him that's calling him the next, next layer remedy. Man superhero. Oh, that comes later on, but yeah. The thinking man superhero. Yeah, no, and the whole Leia Remini thing, obviously, did when she left Scientology and then was like, I want to talk about it to everybody. And rightly so. Yes, and it's brilliant, and I love any her talk shows and her um, talking about it is super, super interesting but as well. It's, yeah, it's nice to see. I know we're only an episode in, but we, we were saying that I think in the season two rap chat, 
that it'll be interesting to see the deep strike out on his own because he was under under the seven for the first season, under the church for the second season. And now you get the impression of, that he was very much groomed from the ground up. Like he, oh, yeah. he was in one of the team. So yeah, he's he's never had to think or act or do like you can see that by what like, the way he shops and like how he eats and yeah, stuff like exactly. that. So yeah, it's nice to see that he's striking out on his own and not making a complete balls of it. He yeah. seems to be doing okay for himself. Yeah, and I think he him and he has genuine affection for Cassandra. And then yeah, a Homelander gets another knock with the co captain reveal oh. from Stan. Oh. oh no, oh no, sorry, before that, Stan has already had the room for a meeting with Dakota Bob. Woo! Dakota Bob So yeah, like like in the comics, Bobby Singer is gonna be Dakota Bob. He's running for president. They love a cowboy in the White House. Yeah, it's it's that's 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 in line with the comics. Yeah. Uh, uh the announcement for the running mate, if it's not Victoria Newman, I'm I'm gonna be horribly disappointed. Well, that's, so yeah. she can be Vic the Veep. It looks like they, they could be going that way with the show that Bob is going to become president. Vic Newman will, by the what happened, by we know by the end of this episode, she's going to get exposed at least to yeah. the boys. So it will become known that Vic is a Vought person, but will still probably get on the ticket because, as we know, Stan has contributed money to Bob's oh, super yes, pack. Oh, his, yes, his hefty donation to the, his super pack. Yep. Um, while he's trying um, to sell him V24. I'm loving Stan's. Stan basically took a good long look at everything and just does not give a fuck anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah. When he's revealing his plan to Bob. Yeah, Stan's decided About that. getting away from the superheroes. We already have seen his contempt for the superheroes. He calls them children. He's always referring to them as infants and yeah. tantrums and stuff like that. And... Oh yeah, then we know he's, whole, he's we're a V pharma- is his product. We've yeah. heard him say that before. They're we're a pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical company. company. And he's just decided now, and rightly so, that these superheroes are far more fucking effort than they're worth. Yeah. Whereas if he's dealing with just straight pharmaceuticals, he doesn't have to put up with any of this. And the way that he he pushes it as it being temporary and it's the perfect the perfection of the formula yeah because when before when it was v given to people and they're turned into superheroes they there's all that shit that gets attached to it where like the ego and the fame yeah, the ego and the fame where's this and the dead prostitutes <laughs> yeah it's just 24 hours to get the mission done and then they're back to a normal person so they can't have that ego they can't have that bullshit and it's a much much better product from his point of view and from Bob's point of view, because as he points out, the, what happened in the Hard Rock Cafe in Lagos was a shit show and Black Noir should be up on war crimes, which <laughs> yeah. is a, a, another little Marvel dig, I think, there at uh, Civil really... War. And I I think that a little bit of inspiration could have come from the comics there for, for Stan's attitude towards V, because Ed, Edgar in the comics certainly gets there by the end where he's like superheroes are a bad product and we need something else yeah but in but, fairness in the comics the superheroes aren't living in the same terror he's working in they're floating up in, spe- in yeah, upper orbit so where he doesn't have to look at them but Mallory on the other hand in the comics is the reason that the the boys have have this stable version of V is because he spirits Vogelbaum away from Vought and knows well enough that the government will want V for the, the army yeah. And knows that that's going to be a shit show. So, oh, that's so, when he sets him up in that, like, cabin in the woods. Yeah, he sets yeah, Vogelbaum yeah, yeah. up in this cabin with a little uh, lab in the basement and tells him, 
make V, but I want you to make the process take fucking ages and I want it to be ridiculously prohibitively expensive so that it's never a viable option option for the government to mass produce yeah. it for the army. And in the comics, it's like four billion a hit to turn the boys into super strong. Super As adults to turn it into a stable yeah. thing. Whereas it does seem and to be, like in the comic books as well, it's also out in the wild. Well, yeah, but this this is to get you that that stable version costs four yeah. billion a pop. So yeah, the government are never going to put that into like a mass production. And Stan's got like his own version of this here where, yeah, it's 200 million a pop, but it's... Only going to get to you for twenty four hours. Yeah, and so it puts it down. It's what sixty million same, a squad. Yeah, or six hundred million a squad. Yeah, but is that going to be cheaper than like? But the same thing that with the same well, thing the, is it's never going to be never going to have that, full. The way you market that though is you're not going to need the month. If they're superheroes for twenty four hours, oh yeah, mission yeah. isn't going to take anywhere and, near as long. And it's people who are already trained as soldiers being given superpowers as opposed to superpowered people who have no military yeah, training. Yeah, but you would have to train them with on the drug as well so that they're not completely overwhelmed and it, become Lex Luthor in that one Superman one where he <laughs> takes the stuff and then becomes so hyper-focused on like watching yeah. Adam split that he's like a <laughs> drooling mess in the middle of the street. But it, well, it'll be interesting to see. I know they say it's. I kind of still... want that to happen to somebody on the V twenty four. Well, yeah, I'd like. That's what I was going to say. Is I'd like to see uh, some of the development of V twenty four. But it'll be interesting to see what if you get the same power set every time you take it, or or if different people take it. Does everybody get say super strength and laser vision? Oh, like is we it saw like in the that trailer. Sense Eight show where it's like you get to take it, but you don't know what you're. You don't know get. what you're gonna get. Yeah, it's a pinata. It's a like fucking dice roll every time you take I it. I assume it should be at least somewhat predictable if you're trying to sell it to the military as like a weapon yeah like that it just in, in is like super strength super speed you don't want them getting something like ridiculous like if they sneeze like dart shoot out of them or something like that <laughs> yeah you know you don't yeah. want them getting or like being f- like on fire <laughs> well you'd love that what if they were like on a, fire all the time you always like a person on fire I do enjoy a person on fire as long as they are resistant to said fire <laughs> <laughs> Let's and not. not no, we're not going back there. We are not going back there. We'll move on to the co-captain reveal. <laughs> but yeah, that that co-captain reveal meeting is just oh. so. There's so many awkward bits. Homelander's little like quick step to try oh, and get to the chair. Run. Oh, it's <laughs> so funny. But he's like when he walks up to her, like he he's almost kind of submissive to her. Like it's like he doesn't want to rock the boat too much. When he, the way he approaches her, he's quite polite. He's like, sorry, you know. I, I need the room. That I thought was maybe he's a little lost, bit more curt, he, but when he's did, talking he's to Stan... He's lost a lot of his like charm that he would have used previously. Like a lot of the facade is gone. Oh yeah, and definitely when he's talking to Stan, he's talking to him like he's got his tail between his legs. Yeah. Compared to the meeting we saw at the, in the first episode of season one where he storms into the office and he's giving him all this about I, I decide who does what and my, my, yeah. my contract's up, I might go somewhere else and Stan gives him the dressing down. Now, when Stan's telling him this news, he doesn't rail or bluster against it. No, he just and very quietly takes where, it. Where, He's like a slap child. He's but slapping. even the point, even the point where where Stan says, "Oh, you know, Starlight will help boost your ratings," and Homelander she has says, ninety six. But Homelander says that's very considerate, and you almost expect him to say, "But I don't need it." But he follows it up with, "When does the board vote?" Because yeah. he knows it's all. If Stan's saying it to him, it's already a foregone conclusion that it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so he's like that. The only thing he has left is when does the board vote, and he's told they already have. They very clever ploy on ploy on Stan's part to tell them both at the same time. Starlight looks like she's about to fucking die. So awkward. 
Yeah, like, but Like, she's going, no, I don't want it. But, I think but she wants to make it clear to Homelander because Homelander's still incredibly dangerous. Like, oh, yeah, don't and know I, how think he's I think that's... I think that's why Stan has done it like that to yeah. to help Starlight out a little bit because if he He's told, still gunning he knows, for her even though, like, yeah. the only thing that is being held over him is this video. Mm. He's not aware that Billy... And where the child is. Yeah, where Bill, that Billy has a copy of this. Maeve presumably gave him mm. a copy of it for safekeeping in case anything happened to her. Yeah, but no, I think I think Stan has done that. He's brought Starlight in to tell her in front of Homelander because he knows if he tells her yeah. and then goes to Homelander and says, oh, by the way, Starlight is the new co-captain. It's all been sorted out already. He will be like, oh, this is Starlight's fault. Yeah, and her, <laughs> I actually, I do understand her reasoning for backing oh, gotcha. up off it because you know, yeah. and Stan knows, and he's like shit stirring as much as the next person. <laughs> when when he makes him leave the room, oh, and he gets the timing <laughs> right on the door that just, time, just as Homelander turns you around, they close, and he's like, uh, no, and he's like, yeah, schedule a meeting, yeah, see uh, you. yeah. And as he walks out, he's like, well, I'll schedule a meeting if I have time. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, pretty booked up, <laughs> and Stan's like, yeah, whatever, close those doors. You can get <laughs> if he wants yeah he can hear you you know I hope he can it's just the balls on Stan and when he says he needs a wheelbarrow from them balls <laughs> when he says to Starlight you know or we both know why he won't do anything is that the video of them on the plane or is that something else I wonder I think that's uh, that w- lovely little secret he has in his headquarters he gets to keep her she's keeping him satiated Oh, what that? They um, they discovered what happened when they took when Stillwell was taken away from him. Yeah. Oh, so you you think that that's what they have over him is that Stormfront's still alive and not the video? Yeah, I think or it's that they, they, if they she for somehow soothes him. Um, yeah. No, it, and, and like is placating the ego. Why else would he have access to her? It's just, I don't know, it's just the way he says, the way Stan says, you know, or we both know. Why I'm sure we'll find anything. out. Yeah, well, it also, like, yeah, they've lost Ryan as well. Yeah, it, it just, it sounds like there's something more there that Homelander would consider a, a threat. I don't know, he does say later on when he's talking to Stumpfront that, you know, oh, they keep holding that video over me. So yeah. probably is that. Don't want to get too hyper-focused on it. It's not one of the deep bodily functions. But, but we do see the deep again. We do get we to see his, um, his section on Cameron Coleman when they're talking about the dis- the disappearance of Alistair Adonis. Yeah, he's, which he's is supposedly a nice on... little Scientology reference. Oh, the the wife of the, the wife of I can't remember her name. Hang on. Yeah, but the wife of the of the Shelley Miskovich, who hasn't <clears> been seen since two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight. Yeah, yeah, um, I think that is a, a little bit of a subtle reference to that. But the deep is giving TED talks. Yeah. And he's been called the thinking man superhero. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, we're surprised about how compassionate and insightful you are. <laughs> yeah. Well, he did do all those kids' workbooks. <laughs> it's true, he did all those kids' workbooks. Maybe he learned a little bit from yeah. them. And the book was ghostwritten for him as well, so. Yeah. <laughs> of course it was. None of these people write their own books. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm assuming even though we saw the deep when the Deep and Homelander meet, it looks like the Deep has just come offset. Yeah, like he'd finished taping it. Uh, so. That's why Homelander says, did you get the thing before me? And Homelander walks on then and does his bit. Yeah. But we don't see the Deep's bit till later. I don't know. I think they're all pre-taped. But that looks like, because that section looks like it's somebody flicking through the various channels. 
Oh, it is actually because that leads into the American Hero TV spot. Yes. So yeah, it is. It's, Which it, it's is, supposed to be the airing of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. You're superhero right. Bachelor. It's so bad. <laughs> I'm sorry, American, American reality shows like that. That whole concept and it's so dragged out and it's so yeah. dramatic and cheesy and over the top and. Our fucking hate it <laughs> yeah it's like, i can't cope with it ten, and then like the busts of... all wearing it's like time to hang up your cape now i watch drag race but at least drag race doesn't really do that you get like a big fabulous lip sync before it <laughs> but yeah no that that one's a bit drawn out but yeah the they one... should make the two losers fight <laughs> that'd be more fun no show us why you should be in it fight you know to show us your passion yeah no well, maybe... no not the face obviously i, ass- I assume there has to be some element of using your superpowers worked into the show that's to decide who goes on yeah. to seven. But yeah, no, the deep uh, on Cameron, I think is just basically to catch us up with what the deep has been up to. It's yeah. another short scene to be like, yeah. And yeah. also the fact that they've covered up Alistair Dana's head going poofy everywhere. <laughs> yeah. But we when we cut back to the terror, it's the uh, photo shoot where poor El Homelander is standing there beside Starlight. Well, the Looking happy, but definitely not happy at oh all. Oh my God, Ashley. That's where Ashley literally looks like she's going to be sick at any moment. Well, I mean, look at the smile Homelander's giving. And I think she's been working with him for long enough now that she can probably read behind yeah, his facial expressions. You can see he's getting more and more stressed and it's becoming more and more obviously fake. Like when you've got the whole interview segment at the start where he's repeating... The, you know, I'm just the guy who fell in love with the wrong woman. And well, I don't think he's supposed to be photo. repeating. That's, that's... No, but you get the photo tile kind of thing yeah, of it's all, all the these different... interviews and you can see No, that's the same cracking. interview, just no, all it's, from, diff- it's all different channels oh, is having it? interviewed him at the red carpet. Ah, but you can see the cracking and that's just oh, yeah. a continuation of it where the smile is a, is even more strained and the <laughs> eyes are getting more definitely, manic. Definitely a strained smile. And yeah, he walks out of that. And the leather, shoot. like I'm surprised there's like no fingerprints in that the back of that chair. Like. <laughs> yeah, but he walks out of that photo shoot really not happy and decides to throw what little weight he has oh. uh, around and bully A Train. But yeah. he's a right fucking dick to him. Like just there, yeah. hey you fatty, come over here and let me tell you how fat you are, you fat fuck. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you like that, fatty? No, when he started <laughs> off, and he was like, "Oh hey, you got the whipped cream." I was like, "No." That, yeah, no. oh, yeah. When the first thing he mentions is cream, I was like, no. oh, where's he going with this? And then, yeah, that wasn't where I was expecting him to go. No, and but he is. He's like, he's a bully and he's like, he's... But that's just, that was such real... He's just punching petty, him down. Yeah, yeah, real, real petty bullying. And it is, it's super childish. I've just gotten like admonished or something bad has happened to me. So, so I'm going to go and take it down. Yeah, yeah, slap somebody who I know is lower down than me. And it is, it's just, it's it's kind of pathetic. Yeah. And I think he realises himself how pathetic it is when, after A-Train has told him to fuck off very yeah. silently, but Homelander still hears it and basically threatens to laser him in the middle of the halls in Vought Tower. Yeah. <laughs> he, a, he gets his Batman voice when on. When there's still fucking cameras everywhere, like he, media he, cameras everywhere. Yeah, he gets his Batman voice on too. Oh, he does. Say it. Say it. Yeah. <laughs> We see uh, Maeve seeing that. And being very worried because she's managed to protect herself and she's protected Starlight. But she yeah, but if Homelander's threatening people... Well, not even A-Train. that, I think... But it's if Homelander, it's more, I think, Homelander's openly threatening people yeah, in the hallways now. He's yeah, he's getting really unbalanced. 
And uh, we see just how advanced he is when his idea of like oh no relaxing, I'm so, oh no I I his relaxing after a long stressful day as he goes and he visits <sighs> he visits Stormfront who's still alive and the undisclosed location she's being kept at is that fucking terror her it old room is sweet yeah was that not is that not her old room I don't know what it is but it honestly it's better to keep her there where they at least they know she's there. Yeah, and we see a little bit of... Uh, She's healed a news up. Re- well, no, we see that little bit of a news report about how the Storm Chasers, her alt-right Nazi fuckhead support group... Are, are becoming are increasingly becoming, more vocal yeah, and, and violent at rallies. Yay! And we're like, why is that on the screen? And then it's revealed that, yes, Stumfront is lying in her bed. Yeah, they've got her on an IV. They don't seem to have much else. She's still got, like, a hand... Yeah. Um, not Homelander, much else. Homelander tells her how, how hard his life is and she's like, oh, you've suffered so much. No one suffers like you have suffered. Yeah, let, let me come and ease your burden. And she's like, got the hat. She's she, like, yeah, she like, reaches the hat out. And, and he just very nonchalantly like lowers. Cut, no, it's the lowering of the of the bed. No, it's the, it's the shot from behind where he's just kind of shuffling around in his midsection. I'm like, is he undoing his pants? I think he's just doing his And pants. he's like, here you go. Oh, is he going to go get like a, a stump job off stump front? And yeah, no, he, he goes over at that, that seat is just so Just the way he's doing funny. it while he's ranting and he lowers the bed and he's like, here you go. For, and you actually hear I just, it going. He says, like, here you go he as well. He does say, here you go. And you hear like the f- into the hand <laughs> yeah. and there are various noises and you can see her moving. And as he's getting his like rant on and he's working up a good head of steam and she's and like, really oh yeah, look at the, like the open bench. And he's like, yeah. what? No. You're, you're yes, no, yes, <laughs> no, 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 yeah. we don't need an army of supermen, that's the point. I am the master race, it's me, but just the, the way he's like, race. what, no, and she's like, yes. yes, and he's like, no, and she's like, yes, yes, he's like, no, god damn it, we've talked about this. It's all just, everything he does sexually is so hilariously fucked up. Yeah, just and then he just walks away and is like, you just rest. <laughs> But like you can even see it when he's like, "What? No! Oh, I'm the I'm supposed to be the last race." That's, yeah, that's no, that. it's gone now. <laughs> it doesn't work unless you use the horn. <laughs> yeah, it is. It that was when we were watching it. That was the first thing I thought of was that I scene would, like, that after, after, after I had stopped screaming. Oh yeah, I laughed my ass off. I, but, but while I was laughing my ass off, I was thinking about that scene from that Mitchell and uh, Webb. Yeah, look. it doesn't work unless you know you use perfectly the horn. well. It doesn't work unless we use the horn. It just, but, yeah. oh, God, that's so. It's funny. like, oh, we'll keep. That's it. Like Vaughn, like, oh, here you can still get access to her because she does that weird thing to you that, like, Stillwell used to do. Yeah, that's that's the only thing. That, that seems I'm, to be his only te- like. It, yeah, I, can, I can't quite parse out why Vaughn. He's got weird edible fucking. Issues. Well, yeah, is it that they've kept kept her around just to keep him happy? Like to give him just like throw him a bone and let him the keep Stormfront around, and then we've got the the plane thing to hold over him. We've got the Stormfront uh, hand job machine. I don't know. Uh, all will be revealed. I'm sure Edgar's got some master fucking plan. Oh no, doubt he does. If he knows exactly what he like, he's definitely got a five year plan. Yeah, we know we that. Know that. <laughs> and I'm sure Homelander is part of said five year plan. Yeah, but this is the best way but, to control him. Yeah, I think is to like. As much as he's like, oh, I just fell in love with the wrong person. I think he actually did genuinely care for Stormfront outside of her being a Nazi. Like that uh, did not trap him at yeah, all. He, like, he, that wasn't cool, but he actually enjoyed her company. And yeah, I think well, I that, think it was because he viewed her as... An ally and an equal. Yeah, more as an ally and an equal than she anybody She wasn't else. afraid of him. She could stand up to him. She was possibly as powerful as him. 
Yeah. He like, just really didn't like the rhetoric she was spewing. <laughs> yeah, and she's one of the only, well, one of the few people who didn't lie to him. Yeah. Well, after she she came clean about the Nazi reveal. Yeah, she didn't really lie to she him. She never about really lied to him, whereas everybody else has lied to him to try and control <laughs> it's him. What genocide? She's still trying to control him just yeah. as much, but but she hasn't lied the same way. Yeah. <laughs> or just when he's walking away and she's just wiggling in the bed. <laughs> yeah, like, no, no. He's like, just have some rest. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she fucking deserves all oh. of it. She fucking deserves all of it, the goddamn Nazi raisin looking bitch. <laughs> that... she, yeah, she makes Deadpool look good. Like, <laughs> yeah, she does. You look yeah, like a does. testicle with cancer. <laughs> but that's that's kind of all the seven stuff. Well, not yeah. all, all. Majority of, of the seven, of the seven stuff, stuff for the episode. And the boys have been getting up to plenty as well, as we find out. First off, when Huey comes to see. Or sorry, when Billy comes to see Huey in the toilets. Yeah, well, Huey's appearing on a red carpet with Starlight and... Well, he's just there. It seems to be there as as Starlight's plus one. Yeah. But Newman's there as well. And you get the interaction between them where Newman's like, kill me. And he's like, oh, oh you a murder suicide. So you, that's like, oh, okay, they're still working together. The morning after the red carpet you see just how serious him and Annie kind of are and that he's living this, you know, he's got a nice apartment, he's got himself a Peloton, he's got a Nutribullet, he's living the yuppie lifestyle to its fullest. Oh, he is, he is Patrick Bateman light as he's far as pa- I'm concerned with his rever- Billy Joel and his Nutribullet and his Peloton. He yeah, is but Patrick he's done Bateman it in light. reverse. Patrick Bateman worked his way up to killing people. Oh, yeah, he did he's all the killing people and then became a weird yuppie who's yeah, obsessed with, like, with the, boring stuff. And skincare and fucking... <laughs> oh, my God, they had it. Yeah, he's Patrick Bateman in reverse. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very, very good point. Yeah. <laughs> he's Bateman buttoning? Benjamin, Benjamin Batemaning? I don't know. Oh, we're, we're labouring this and I don't think it's going anywhere. No, no, no. <laughs> but, yeah, but I couldn't work out feeling cats and ATMs in there anywhere. No, no. <laughs> But before we get um, Huey's boring yuppie day, uh, we have the termite party. Because that's why... no. That's why Butcher Butcher shows up to say, we have been tracking so-and-so for a month. Uh, Can we go and have a go at him? And Huey is like, no. Yeah, who's your source? And I'll go and talk to Newman. And it's like, hang on, Huey's giving the orders? Nice. We knew that. We knew a little bit of that from the trailer, but... Yeah, we get to see that uh, Huey actually is the one in charge of what the boys do now. And yeah. Butch is not too happy about it, but is playing ball because he's even going to give him expense reports. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to know what those expense reports are. Also, they're in the flat iron building. Yeah, we find that Woo! out later in the great iron building, which is straight out of the comics. Yeah, delighted but about yeah, that. But the, yeah, the termite party is the first real boysy boys boys what? thing that Why? we get in this episode why does somebody have to explode in the start of every episode because it's the season? boys uh, at this point all we've had is some hilarious this scenes and some riding violent, in the toilet yeah this has we had to get some, a yeah. super violent uh, episode oh, well up to this point it hasn't yeah. been a super violent episode because across this scene we get a guy climbing inside another man's penis and I don't want him um. <laughs> come on it You've never seen it on TV before anyway. No, I know that. And I'm going to be really, really afraid to go on the internet in a while. But no, when they when they get to the turbine party and he's doing the Barbie doll. That's that's kind of hilarious. It and, is. and they're like, 
but I, what I didn't get was everybody else at the party running over being like oh my god look come look what he's doing like they were like fucking children yeah like that had a really childish aspect to me like that's something you would get in like a frat house it's certainly not hilarious that it would hilarious enough that it would have a bunch a whole group of people standing around unless he had done a whole bit up to that point where he was like you know taking her out to dinner and trying to seduce her and like bringing her from the it was a whole bit and that yeah. was just the end of it but yeah just a, a tiny dude who who you know his power is to shrink down a tiny dude shrinking down before yeah he's in the night he's, he's in, in the, the very suit. first episode yeah. he's yep. taking a running dive yeah, we, yeah we, we've seen him take a dive yeah. into a vagina before and yeah, today. Uh, can I just point out really unhygienic you don't know where he's been and obviously he's been in some really dirty places yeah, and at and least he's got dirty feet too Ew, and he's walking got, well, around yeah. inside you because another, another little bit of in world consistency much like Translucent had to be naked to be he's invisible also naked and Doppelganger couldn't transform the clothes he was wearing in yeah uh, Termite has to be naked to well he, he Hulk bursts out of them boxers the Ken shorts yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah but but in order to, to shrink, there's no point in having clothes because then you have to climb out of them as a tiny person. Yeah. Plus he walks around on that sticky, sticky, dirty table. But yeah, when your man was like, I want you inside me, oh, I was no. like, I was like, I'm pretty sure he... This, it was going to go one of two ways. I was certain... I, it was either going to be what we really wanted to happen to Thanos. I honestly thought that's what they were going to do was that they'd have him go in the butt so that yeah. they could, yeah, Lemmy have Thanos, the Thanos slash Lemmy Wings reference. But oh, no. Lemmy Wings. No, I was pretty sure he was going to shrink down and go inside that dude. Because and I was, that's what he did, but he yeah. went inside his dick. Yeah, um, I really didn't need that visual in and the morning. Is it is it because he's high... Or is it just because he's got a shitty superpower that when he sneezes, he reverts back to normal size? I think it's just because he sneezed on coke. <laughs> but, yeah, he, he, he sneezes. He's in a chuck. <laughs> yeah, he sneezes and, and, and reverts to full size and explodes. That, that is poor a guy. disgustingly fascinating scene because it's as he gets so bigger, well. his feet go down your man's legs and explode out of his legs, but then he falls out of his torso. Yeah, it's it, it's like the it's like when uh, a train ran through Robin and you could actually kind of see the progression through the body. Yeah, it was nothing to do with the pandemic, nothing to do with anything else. The only reason that we had to wait so long for the boys was, was for, for them, them to, to finish that, that VFX shot. Yeah, no, but it's really well done. Oh, it is! It's amazing because you like obviously he's because your man's like number one head for the prostate, dude. Learn your anatomy. Yeah, no, it, it yeah. you 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 could massage the prostate from the other side. From the other side, but yeah, yeah that that's that's where yeah. it is. Um, again, ooh, and dirty feet. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's kind of a moot point because the guy is all, all over, over the, the room place, now. Yeah. <laughs> at least he got a fairly like quick death. He kind of yeah. came and went at the same time. Like, True. Well, like, that was, was before before he sneezed. Who, when he started to hold in a sneeze, I was like, oh, I know where this is going. But before he sneezed, I was like, is he about to get drowned and come? Maybe he likes that. <laughs> yeah, like, like is, is he gonna get like? Is he gonna surf a wave of cum oh, out no. of that dude's dick? But yeah, no, we never got to find that out. Because... Well, presumably, like he survived it before. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing he was, and I'm like, I was about to say again. Oh, also, that was another just whipping it out and like flumping it onto a table. Oh he yeah, does, yeah. He, it, it, there, there's an audible like. <laughs> it's so me, that was such a funny scene. But it's it's. Also, the hammering home of how lewd and depraved they've gotten. Like, that this is the, the extremes that they're going to now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he does He does look like he's pretty upset about it. Yeah, no, he does. Like, he that's, that's his, his, his partner, his lover, his boyfriend yeah. that he's done it to, as opposed to just some random hooker or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's not yeah. like fucking What's-Her-Face 
pop claw. So I pop claw on the landlord. High on the knee. <laughs> yeah. Or the dead prostitutes that Stan referred to earlier. Well, fetch a rug. <laughs> Fetching a rug, sir. See, now I'm out of a rug. <laughs> But yeah, the the fight scene then when Frenchie... Well, first of all, when Frenchie bursts in... And he's got the little pocket camera as yeah, well. So it's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. When, I didn't see anything. I'm out of here. Yeah, he should have turned and run. Yeah. When your man says, get the fuck out, Frenchie should have just ran. Not stood there and waited for a good five seconds. For, and said, no, I didn't see anything. I'm yeah, out of here. And then when he says... when he says, Especially when he says, wait. Frenchie knows well enough he shouldn't have waited. When he said, wait, yeah. that's when Frenchie should have fucking hightailed it out of there. Yeah. But that's a fun fight scene. Run away. <laughs> yeah, for a tiny He's trying tiny to get into my asshole. I, oh my god, it's like that scene in Evolution where the bug gets in the suit and he's screaming his face off, only without ice cream and barbecue tongs. But yeah, that just uh, he's whole super too. fucking strong for itty bitty. Like it makes sense if he's like termite because you know the whole they can lift like a ridiculous amount compared in comparison to their body weight. But yeah. he fucks Kimiko into that wall. Yeah, so it seems like he's got. Like we've talked about before, V, regardless of what your actual special power is, you seem to get like super power, super, super strength, strength and super yeah. durability to a certain level and whatever your power is. So he, even when he's shrunk down, seems to still have that same yeah. level of, of standard super strength that he yeah. can throw people around the room. And yeah, he does. He throws oh, them around the room. Oh, he's going for his mouth too. And, and like, yeah. Dude, when he's stop trying to get him, people. When he's, well, it's probably just, that's probably his yeah, he gets into them and then blows up. Yeah, that's probably his default way of stopping people is yeah. just Hello. jump inside you and then grow to normal size I'm and sorry, you're dead. But when Kimiko catches him trial and is like standing there slightly triumphant, slightly horribly confused, holding him in the air. <laughs> like some sort of some sort of twisted S and M Gulliver's like, Travels. I got him <laughs> Yeah. No, when when Butcher yeah, catches I him. I found a lily putty in. When Butcher catches them in the bag of coke and just shakes them around the place. <laughs> I love the inventive ways of dispatching and, soups. It's just great. It was really weird because I was like, that's such a bad idea. Why do you want him to be like super coked out? Also, why didn't he just enough chuck his way out of the bag straight away? He probably didn't realise what he was being thrown into. And then Billy starts shaking it pretty much straight well, away. It's the Roxo way to go. So <laughs> It is the Roxo way to go. Hey, but Mr. Yeah. Shrinking Man, you want to see this cocaine? Yeah, it's like you might want to put Jiminy Cricket on his side because he's, he's fucking teeing. <laughs> but yeah, after that then, after the termite halter. Oh, oh no. But, but like you've got Billy stopping himself from squishing him too. Yeah, because the governor says not to. Yeah. And we have that little, um, it's a bit of a fake out, but uh, Kimiko Kimiko? singing and was I like, didn't understand that whole scene I'm very confused I think that's going to probably be that's something gonna, seen later that's on that's going to come back later and I think your one playing uh, well piano, she says her name is Tracy Tyler Tyler. She says her name is Tyler and I'm pretty sure of seeing from casting announcements that, that she's a TNT she's a, twin. She, yeah, she's one of the TNT twins and she's a soup. Because I'm um, TNT. But when I went into IMDB and looked in the casting list I couldn't find anybody that was Tyler. Mm-hmm. There was somebody that was just like cool girl at party which <laughs> I think was her. Yeah. But yeah, we'll find out. I, I reckon we'll find out yeah. about that later yeah, on. Yeah, you get that, that fake out where she starts singing and we were like, what? Um, and I don't know if it's so much about Tyler so much as it is Kimiko's desire to express herself. Yeah, because we see her with the piano later on in the, the, the gridiron. I love meeting. that bit. And the way she sat on the chair with the knees tucked up is really, really reminiscent to the, a lot of the poses you would see Kimiko sitting in in the comic books. The, well, the, she's just a female in the comic books, but when you yeah. see her tucked up in when she's, they're in meetings and stuff, she always tends always, to kind of perch on things. And she's high. doing her own thing. She's playing with Jamie the Hamster. She's petting terror. She's I reading forgot comics. About Jamie! She's. Oh, 
<laughs> Jamie the hamster. <laughs> I forgot about Jamie entirely. Oh, crap. They could have even brought Jamie into it. Because oh. Termite, Termite could easily have had his own the hamster. hamster. That... <laughs> yeah, but Huey has to find him and Huey was there. True, true. Ah, me, um... Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of Huey, his day when he gets into, after his, his sex and his Patrick Bateman you know, routine, yeah. he goes into work. and Oh, where he's like number one cool guy in yeah, the office. Yeah, you're, oh you're one coming up to him though and being like, oh, we had a, a report of a soup jerking it outside a lady's window. It's like, well, how do we know it's a soup? I was the window of a 737. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a soup. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. There's something on the wing of the plane. There's something coming on the wing of the plane. <laughs> yeah, ejaculation at 10 I really feet. want it to be like if they ID him in the next episode, it to either be like a little headshot of John Lithgow or William Shatner. That would just make me really, really happy. <laughs> They're like, this is the guy who was jerking it. Just to bring it back full circle. And the guy, the guy who comes up and like, is that, is that Hugh Campbell? I heard oh, him someday in Stormfront. Oh, that had no. Is I, that? What? That was like, I think that was just to kind of, you know, he's on an up and up trajectory. Like he's doing really well in his job. He's got the apartment. He's got the Pe- girl. Yeah, it's just he's to show people, idol, like young people idolize him now. But um, I like the lunch, the, the two little lunch scenes that we get with Vic Newman. And just bring Hugh. her own fucking bagel. Yeah, she, yeah, she keeps eating this bagel for starters. But I, I like the rapport that they seem to have. Yeah, they well, you got that a little bit in the red carpet that they've been working together quite closely for the year. They're good friends. Yeah, you can see that with the murder-suicide ja- joke. Yeah, they're and like then, very comfortable around each other. And then here they're making bets about whether or not Butcher has... Fucked up again. Fucked up the mission and gone all violent. It's like, well, he brings... He brings... He, you know, he gets results. It's just... At least it's not massive property damage. <laughs> yeah, and we well speaking of property damage, we find out that soup collateral is down sixty percent in yep. the last year. Which you know, so they're making their difference. We find out then in the second of the lunch scenes that they have to give up termite in exchange for three B lister soups that they can take yeah, down because he's got some deal. But I want him for some deal, but you know, it's, it's kind of useless. It's a big money making deal. It's kind of useless because. Butcher basically broke him by giving him a Belushi amount. <laughs> That's of, a nice line, yeah. Of cocaine. But it, it's interesting to see that even though the FBSA was set up to... Now, obviously, we know what the story is with Vic Newman, but even though the FBSA was set up to yeah. provide oversight to soups, there's still this push and pull where Vodder, like... Uh, Vodder uh, quite happy Vodder to happy to say, you can't talk- prosecute this guy because he's going to earn us that much money. Instead, we'll give you these three low people and the FBSA have to kind of just yeah, deal a, with that yeah it's a give and take it's like but yeah it just shows that, that the government as well I suppose don't even though Vic has her ulterior motives it shows the government still can't just throw their weight around at Vought whenever they want because if they could they'd be like okay we're going to prosecute Termite and those other three guys too <laughs> but yeah that leads then into Huey having to go to the gridiron and, and tell Butcher yeah. uh, we can't go after Termite because yeah the deal's off with Termite something's going on and we got somebody else and then they um, have a bit of a Barney because yeah Butcher basically accuses him of well now you're basically just working with Vought the whole Termite sequence it was a nice nod back to the way it was done in the comic books with them having the surveillance and stuff like that and one of them just watching the screens and watching what was going on yeah and then in, in the gridiron scene i the, the office setup. looks exhausted. The office looks like the comics, the way that there's Frenchy, just shit everywhere. Frenchie and the female are just kind of sitting down doing their own thing while everybody else is talking about the missions. They're just kind of waiting to be told yeah. off you go to do your jobs. Yeah. Like MM, you find out, isn't there? He's gotten out. So it's just Billy and Kitty Oh, sorry. Frenchie. Well, actually, we skipped ahead. 
but we we have found out that Marvin had left in when Butcher goes to visit Ryan. Yeah. Happens before the Gridiron fight. Yeah. Uh, we find out that Ryan is off in some military. Well, certainly yeah, military controlled compound yeah, with Mallory. Better, he's at least he's better guarded because it looked like they had ground air missiles there. <laughs> yeah. Which, in fairness, given who their main threat is, that's not surprising. It was, I think it was a really nice choice that Mallory's the one who's looking after Yeah. For a whole host of reasons. Mallory's they the haven't yeah, just. it's very sweet. They haven't just foisted them off onto somebody who does childcare that, that can sign an NDA. No, Mallory's it actually allows Mallory him. to stay in the game, but stay apart from it as well, because she never really wanted she's back also in. Also, the apart from Billy, she's the person who knows the soups the best, so she's the best person to determine what threats there are to him. And, and you also get to see just how much the relationship between Billy and Ryan has grown, because I it it comes across as. Very comfortable, very familiar. He's obviously mm, visiting but also, a lot. He's got his trust. It's very for, sweet. For Mallory as well. Also, it's... Replacement for her. Not a replacement Not a replacement, for her. but yeah, it's a chance for her to nearly like... Not make Do up good. for her, but yeah, she can, she can still have... Something good can come she, Yeah, something it. good can come from a relationship that she has with this child. As well as her being the best person to kind of keep an eye on him and yeah. his progress... She also can ensure that this time they're going to have a good soup, not a soup who will go around and burn her grandchildren because he's been threatened. Yeah. <laughs> well, as he but yeah, they we see supposed to be there. We see butchers. We see a bit of growth from butcher as well, because it does very much seem like that's not the first time he's come with a present well, for Ryan. Well, no, the way Ryan runs out of the house, greets him, butcher gives him a good, gives him a hug, and is like, "Hey, look at you! Like, how look yeah, at you, gives how him this doing. present." sits down with them he's sitting on the floor it's very relaxed he's obviously earned enough of his trust that he's telling him about the nightmare he had well he says I had another nightmare yeah. so he's obviously told him about one before yeah, but, but... The, the, this is a relationship that's been going on for the last year and he can overlook the fact that he's Homelander's kid and he sees him now just as Becca's son yeah I think he's yeah he, he's looked past he, he realises that yeah okay there's still the issue of this is Homelander's son and he's going to be super well, powerful well you see the way he said he just says oh another one of your dad but it's not Oh, the you know, oh, your dad hung under. I fucking hate him. It's just one hundred percent concern about Ryan. Yeah, and he even says to Ryan, it when he says to Ryan, one day you're going to be strong enough that you'll never have to worry about him again. Yeah. When Butcher says that, if Butcher had had to say something like that towards the end of season two to Ryan, or even in the last Before episode of season two, had had there the would have been conversation with his dad. It yeah, I'd say, been yeah, a I'd say different yeah, before before he had a conversation with his dad, and certainly before Becca died, yeah, or even directly after Becca died, he wouldn't have been able to say that without a bit of like you know hatred or worry in his voice. Yeah. But when he says it here, he doesn't seem like he's at all worried that Ryan will be powerful, and he knows Ryan's going to be powerful enough to uh, to, to not worry about Homelander, but he's not worried. The Becca did a good job. Becca had raised him right. I think we said we're saying this during season the season. Oh yeah, season Becca's two. Becca's a good. Becca mom. was a good was a really good mom. I wish I had had like the breakfast espanol and things like that. And she made it fun. And oh yeah, yeah. Monday to, morning is Spanish breakfast. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. She taught him how to entertain himself and that he the things that she values she's instilled in him and he can see. Butcher now 
can see Becca's influence and it's the Becca and the Lenny on yeah. it all. Oh, yeah, yeah. He doesn't... This is his chance to honour both of their memories. He understands that Ryan is sensitive the way Lenny was and that yeah. Ryan needs somebody to stand up for him but also Ryan needs to learn how to stand up for himself because that's where he went wrong with Lenny. He never... Lenny... Yeah. His, his dad even says that when you left, who did Lenny have? He was too soft. Yeah. He understands that he's got to teach him how to stand on his own two feet but it's you like, can't rely on him it's like he I, I, this might sound really bad but it's like he's upgrading as he goes along so he went from Lenny who he, he didn't abandon but Lenny who needed somebody around to, yeah. to keep him on the straight and narrow to Huey who was a bit who like he who needs was, to who keep was, him on the straight well, but who was, who was Huey who was a bit like Lenny but who learned to stand on his own feet yeah but who Butcher now, also needed to keep Butcher on the yeah, straight and narrow. To now somebody who is both as good as, or potentially as good as Huey and Lenny and can learn to stand on his own feet and have superpowers. Yeah. Shit, this might actually be the one and, soup I can get behind. And he realises as well that he's bad. And he says it at the end of season two when he's telling Becca to go with MM and telling her that he has a darkness and he'll just fuck everything up because that's what he does and he's still very very aware of that when yeah, he's leaving I, he the thinks, house he still thinks he's like his and dad and Mallory is like you can stay and he's like no I'll just make things worse and she's like well the reason the just the fact that you acknowledge that means you're already better than your dad is. yeah and look at everything else you've done in the yeah. last year you and haven't he, killed soups you've stayed off the drink you've you followed, didn't even strangle <laughs> yeah and he's like I know she's like I know you're not doing that for you because you have no reason to better yourself for you as far as yeah. like, I know and you he, that it's well just the little so yeah she's he's like or she says if you're if you're not doing that for you which I know you're not who else could you possibly be doing it for? And he glances towards the house and she's like, yeah, see, that already means you're better than your yeah. father. He and looks Billy feels uncomfortable <laughs> at the compliment and rolls his eyes. He like to shout, even though he's still in the same coat and everything, everything like looks to fit better. He's taking more care in his appearance. Like he's still kind of scruffy, but like the beard is neater. The coat is actually, doesn't look like he's, it's been dragged around the place. Yeah, shoes are still untied though. Yeah, but like the pants <laughs> are like, everything is just like neater and he's got a new place and it's actually got furniture. Yeah, he's more, he's, he's more, more together. Yeah. But he's still, he's still not, like, because it's still a bare bones apartment and then when we get back, when they it's, were in, it's got more shit in it than the old one did. True, but part of the fight that they have in the gridiron is... About um, them having trying to have lives. Yeah, exactly. When he accuses Huey of having a pathetic fucking life or whatever it is he, he says. Goes, oh, at least I have at least one. I have one. And then says tries to tell Billy, Look, it's it's time to like I'm sorry I left, but you know, we, we it's okay to move on. Like Becca It's been a year. Becca would have wanted you to be happy. After his dead wife, well his presumably dead wife for at least eight years. You know, another year isn't got, and now he knows for, for I sure don't that think, No, I don't think it. he's trying to tell him to move on from Becca. I think he's just trying to tell him to move on with your life. Yeah. Like, it, it's a new game now. We've got the FBSA and they're fight, They're actively fighting Vought. Yeah, well, he MM's does kind of like, throw that in his face a bit of, oh, well, she's arrested more people than anyone ever has. And it's like, that's it's, because they weren't actively, like Vought were buying them all out of everything. Uh, well, yeah, no, Huey is still in the, the honeymoon period with the, he's yeah. still, you know, he's blindsided and, and not blindsided. It's all the victories. They haven't had yeah. any massive defeats yet. They haven't had any massive defeats. And it's the same thing. Like when he got taken in by Billy at the start of season one, he was like, oh yeah, we can be cool ass vigilantes yeah. like Batman and take down. And then he realizes when he has to blow up Translucent that it's not all. 
fun and games. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's trying to say like, look, well, MM got out. Frenchie and female are, are they're still working with you, but they're doing their own thing. Like she's trying to learn the piano and better herself, and you're the only person who's sitting here being the same old butcher. Like Becca would want you to be happy, yeah. you know, whatever it, it takes to get you happy. I don't think he's saying go and find a new girlfriend or anything. No, but it like at the same time, this is the man who obsessed over his missing wife. And as we can see, he's still obsessed with getting revenge on Homelander because after, directly after the gridiron fight, we see him in his slightly better furnished apartment staring at the video of Homelander and Maeve on the plane. Yeah. While a not-so-subtle kettle reaches a boiling point in the foreground. Yeah. <laughs> Heavy-handed kettle. Just a little bit. Just a little not, bit. Not as bad as the Homelander. But, Homelander. uh... At the end of season two. Yeah, that's probably the most heavy-handed they have ever been, was that bit. But the only thing left kind of from the boy side is Huey being a jealous little bitch. Huey being a little bitch? Oh, yeah, Huey. Like, they've been together for a fucking year. Get over yourself. She's obviously not going to move on. She would have done it at this point. Like, yeah, I, I can appreciate and the, the fact that... the only way she's going to, like... And the way he's acting, she's going to leave him because he's being a jealous little bitch. I can appreciate the fact that he hasn't... This, the, the supersonic news is news to him. Yeah. But he knew that he wasn't Annie's first boyfriend. He knew that she wasn't a virgin. So it's not like... Yeah, get over yourself. Yeah, and I mean, fair enough, when he go, he goes on set After and he sees them talking and laughing. been through. But yeah, when he goes on set and he sees them talking and laughing, I can understand a little bit of a twinge. But then the conversation that the two of them have in front of each other is very much of... Mates who used full, to hang yeah, out. Like grown up people who used to date for a short while when they were teenagers, but can, they don't see it like that anymore and can totally have a laugh and a chat. And yeah, it's all Supersonic actually seems like a kind of nice guy. guy. Yeah, He like certainly he, comes across as it in that scene. Yeah, because they're, they're like, it's what, six to eight years? Yeah, like somewhere between... They're 18, si- so yeah. presumably six to eight years. Yeah, I'm going to guess Annie's somewhere in mid-twenties. Yeah, and they're just mates and they happen to have met up again. And, like, clearly, if there was anything going on, she wouldn't. She's not... He Yeah, he should He should know better. Yeah. He should know better. He and just... Then, it, it, he's bitter. It's and so she, fucking bitter. And she addresses really it straight him. away. Yeah. She, she's like, you've nothing to worry about. And he kind of cracks a joke and is like, oh, okay. And she's so right to make fun of him when she talks about, oh, you know, It was all sex, butt sex. stuff. We did a ton of butt stuff. Uh, but then, yeah, when they're in the trailer and they're talking about her being made co-captain. Fair enough, he's worried for her. What the fuck, come on. Dude, to like, be like, oh, the... you're going to put your boyfriend on the team? The... Yeah. Like, what are you, fucking 12, Huey? Come on. Like, you, you spent... You spent the season, most of season two, being a bit of an asshole to her, and for some reason she felt the need to apologize to you. And now you're just doing it again, even though you've been together for a year. And yeah, she's right. Don't bring that aquafresh around tonight. You ain't getting no sex, boy. <laughs> yeah, it just, and the whole thing about his not wanting her to be co captain of the seven. Dude, that's like the best thing you could want is you have her in a position where she can actually affect changes from the top down in the way shit is done. And that's what she says. Yeah, everything she says is 100% relevant. Number one, it's going to be a massive inspiration for young women. She can set an example for them. She can can influence who... She can influence who's going to be in the most... In the most powerful team that's there. Yeah. She's and taken on board what Edgar said about the most powerful power. thing she has isn't this. It's the ability to get people to do what you to want. To bend the world to your whim. And I think 
I think Edgar knows that. He's he wants her to he take knows. the position and he knows the only way to get her to do it is to appeal to her good side. So yeah. when he's saying I can bend the world to my whim to do whatever I want for the company, what he's trying to say to her is you can bend the seven to your win to do more good. Yeah. Huey like, can't we, see we that. Can Huey's see... just worried about her. Yeah. And then and justifies it by being a little she, dickhead. Has she not by, proven through her actions that she's already a lot tougher than he gives her credit for? Yeah, and, bring, and like bringing up been, the mom as well was bring, like a low like blow. She's been through a lot and yeah. a lot more than he gives her credit for, oh, for hell going yeah. through. But like when he brings up the mom, it's like that's not really like as if he's trying to say, oh, the only reason you want to be on the seven is so that you can fulfill your mom's dreams. And it's like, no, like you know any well enough to know that if she wants to be on the seven, it's because of the thing she's just told you. She can do good. She can be an inspiration. Yeah. She can fuck up things at Vought. And for that reason alone. Yeah. Like she doesn't even have to be particularly like troublesome to fuck things up at Vought. She can literally just go to the seven meetings, get told the various things that the co-captain of the seven would get told by the CEO of Vought. And then turn around to Huey at the end of the day when she comes home for dinner and go, by the way, Vought did X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, like and they he got, goes off to the boys. Like, what more could he want? They're aware of their relationship as well. So obviously the board trusts that her being in that position and her having this relationship with him is only going to benefit them too. Otherwise they wouldn't have voted for its approval. I, I think the board know, probably know about Vic Newman. Yeah, so and they, they know that, they, that there could oh, be even a if, certain... Um, well, they probably think even if Starlight is feeding information to Huey and Huey's giving that information to the boys, we're going to know about it because Vic will be able to Vic tell, tell us, us and scupper any plans and they, they have. They can also get in anything that's going on on the inside, any rumblings that may not make it to their ears nor through like normal... Yeah, I don't. I don't think they put her on the seven just because she has a ninety six percent rating without yeah. thinking about the potential. She's, she's a little bit harm. Bit of a double agent without you know necessarily realizing it. Well, I I, th- I think they know it though. Yeah. I think she knows it too. <laughs> but that yeah, that that more or less covers all the boy stuff except for poor M.M. who's not really having a good time of it. He's back with his family, but he's not. Back he's living with his there, wife. yeah. Though it seems to have all been quite amicable, like their relationship, the way it is now. With that, she's just, she's still concerned, well, can, and they still care about. Can each I just other. start by saying, "Fuck you, Todd." Todd's an asshole. Fuck Todd. Well, no, I mean, do you Todd, know? Todd could be the nicest guy in the world, that, and I'd still say, "Fuck you, Todd." Todd coming running into that fucking family photo when the thing he should have done was gone. Oh wait, I'll let you guys take a load first, and then like we'll do one separate instead of barging his way in. Yeah, like, being com- completely oblivious to MM's uncomfortableness. Yeah, like, I'm flaunting it in front of her. And they're, they're, it is flaunting it, too, which is just yeah, it, we, unnecessary. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, like, they really, talk. really make it clear that MM isn't part of this family unit. Like, that his family has moved on without him. Well, I think, no, Janine's still happy to see him. And I think Monique is still more than happy to have him in Janine's life. Yeah, like, they're, but, they're, she's never going to not let him be there. But it is, like, it's more obvious now than ever that he's on the outside looking in yeah I think yeah she she him going back to Billy at the start of season one yeah. was like an unforgivable transgression for her but yeah. she realises that's what he's done to fuck up our relationship it shouldn't mean that I should stop him from seeing his daughter especially if he's out of it now yeah and, and she says that you know she's like she doesn't bear many ill will I can't remember exactly what, what she says but she does try and tell him like look you, you do need to move on 
Yeah. And he, he is a bit of a little bitchy comment, but he immediately rolls it back and, and is like, no, sorry, I shouldn't yeah, have no, said he, that. Yeah, he does. He bites his tongue right away and he's like, I'm sorry. Yeah, but poor poor M.M. All he wanted was to get back to his family and, and Monique's moved on. And his daughter is obsessed with superheroes. <laughs> poor M.M. Yeah, and Flavor Flav. She gets a big ass Flavor Flav what? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so at least he's he's clearly still get, giving her good music to yeah. get into. But yeah, no, it's sad. And then the only other bit we get of M.M. is, is him putting her to bed and going into his room and going into up to a closet. Yeah. And we see it's full of uh, old newspaper clippings. And the first time we watched it, we were like, we saw the Stormfront and the uh, Gunpowder or Gunpowder and Kieran's Encounter stuff. And we were like, oh, is he following no, up he's something been from earlier? Them from a but lot, then, yeah. Lot then you spot that Robin. What happened to Robin is also there as a news clipping. Yeah. And you see something about payback having hurt a family in the Queens or I in the Bronx. Was Bronx or Queens? I think it's something to do with the lawsuit his dad originally yeah. had. Yeah, I reckon that, I think that, he's he's acknowledged previously in his conversation with Annie. His dad. Yeah, he said an, you got well, a bit of backstory no, for like him. that his dad has a sickness and he's afraid that he's going to pass it on. And you see that with his OCD and you see it when... Janine is asking him if he's been taking his Lexapro, Lexapro. which is an antidepressant, anti-anxiety. Yeah. That he's aware of this. He has sought medication and assistance for this and he has tried to get out, but he's never going to be able to let it go. Yeah. And has he either, is this just stuff he's been doing on his his own over the last year? Or is is this stuff that he's had in the closet? For yes. years and years and years since before he ever joined the boys, the I first think this time. is his dad's research. Yeah, is this is this his dad's research this and his own research after it, his dad passed on? You find out that Soldier Boy supposedly died in what eighty three, eighty four was buried under a reactor, and yeah. there's articles, newspaper articles there that are recent to the time, or that are around. Are, yeah, it would be around pre- that time that happening to Soldier Boy. So I think this is his his dad's research yeah and we talked about that in in a season two rap as well i think where i said that i i think that's probably going to be close to the comics as to what happened to mm yeah but his little brother will have been killed by a superhero as or something as opposed to the yeah. horrible thing that happens to him in the yeah. comics but yeah that's that's poor mm's lot at the minute it's um, not good yeah, yeah we get a little he recognizes bit of... his obsession and that he can't fight his obsession anymore so he's kind of given into it but it's in this kind of weird controlled way yeah no I've... it's the only thing in his life he has control over at the moment because obviously having being out his his monique has moved on his daughter has yeah. is splitting her time with those but we, we, I think that was one of the things we said uh, in season two when Grace tells him after the meeting with Joan of Ogilvy, just get out. You need to yeah. get out. There's no justice for your father. There's no justice for you. You just go with your family. And yeah, we take were your saying, family and go. We were saying that in the same way that his OCD made him perfect that Vermont country dollhouse, his OCD probably wouldn't allow him to leave the job undone. And mm-hmm. it seems like, yeah, no, he, he still can't leave that job undone. We don't know what it was yet. We'll probably get more of it this this season, which yeah, I finally want a backstory. Yeah. But other than that, then the only uh, the few other bits we haven't talked about are, are the two visitors that Billy gets. First, Maeve comes to see him. Yes. 
and tells him that uh, yeah we, we're going to need to stop Homelander and uh, I have a couple well, of bits to help Maeve, you Maeve turns out to be his informer his source yeah which tracks with Maeve in the comic books as she's she's a long time informant for she's them she's the one who had planted all the bugs in Vaughn HQ for them in the comic books yeah now the reason um, behind it is different but but in this it tracks because she she's been able to hold him off with the threat of this video but once that video, if that video is gone, that's all the leverage she has. Yeah, so and she And they don't know how long they're going to have until that video as leverage no longer works. Yeah, so they're going to need, they're going to need an option B. And she has a couple of things up her sleeve. The first is the temporary V. Yes. That, she explains what it is and Billy's like, yeah, I don't know about this tested thing. Like, why thing. the fuck? Yeah. I, I could turn into, potentially turn into one of you, which I don't even really want to be, or I could have giant fucking testicles. Yeah. Yay. And then the other thing she gives him is a file on Soldier Boy. And he's like, oh, I thought he died in, or isn't he supposed to have died? Yeah, do you remember how he thing? died? I think and is she how says, they phrase it. Yeah, she says, nah, if you believe it, and shows him the file and it says he was dispatched by something called BCL Red and he's like fuck that must have been like a H-bomb or something because he's nearly as strong as oh Oh, shit and the penny drops and Maeve is like yeah maybe we could use this weapon or whatever it is to take down Homelander and says Soldier Boy used to run with Crimson Countess and Gunpowder yeah no he was like he was banging Crimson Countess and Gunpowder was his sidekick and if anybody knew what happened to them those two would yeah so she says like be the careful. actual truth of what happened yeah she says be careful that's why she's giving them the V to, to tell yeah, them because even though they people. were dickheads they're still really powerful and she says that when the seven passed payback in ratings back in the day Crimson Countess sent her a box of cat shit yeah, uh, so, which is a total Sharon Osbourne thing to do. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Love it. <laughs> love and it. then Maeve departs and says, you know, like, don't fuck this up. And Butcher's back at home. I was about to pour the special V down the sink. Yeah. And Homelander Why? appears. Down the sink. Like, he's such a fucking prick, he won't even say to them. I know, you know, I think it's the temptation is too strong for him. Yeah. I think he's he's worried about like just taking it and going after Homelander himself. <laughs> Realising that's probably not a good idea. And yeah, that's what Homelander appears and nearly seems to suggest to Billy because he shows up. That that's a, a, a that's a, that's a scene. That, yeah, <laughs> that is a scene. He's got the he hides the he hears a noise and he hides the the V24 in the bulldog cookie jar. Yeah. And kind of lets him in and you're going, oh, okay, why is he on the balcony? Is this a fucking dream sequence? What's going on? Tells Homelander that if he wants to watch him have a wank, he'll have to pay a tenner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it just basically... Comes in, sits down. Comes in, it's a bit weird. Asks him about Ryan, threatens him a little bit when he doesn't get it. And then Butcher's like, look, can we just cut to the, sh- the chase and, and yeah. have you kill me, please? Yeah. Homelander's like, where's the fun in that? Look, you know what's happening. You've been pushed aside too and uh, basically says we're relics of a forgotten age kind of thing and and you know what we both really want is is fire and brimstone you know mano a mano two well, of like us Newman alludes to that in the earlier conversation that Butcher's good in war yeah he's the guy you want on the front line but not but we're in peace times but are they well like that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's the illusion that they're giving us that they're in peace times yeah I think that's Homelander knows that too and he's trying to play on it yeah I think Homelander wants 
wants a villain yeah. that he can They're then... kind of like they're each other's nemesis and they're not really a, like it's that weird Batman Joker well, thing that's where a, they're like I, they can't kill each other because then what scene, would they do? That scene really puts me in mind of Batman because it's framed the, the start of it is framed like the interrogation scene from The Dark Knight. Yeah. A home lander does his little Batman exit at the end. Yeah, no, but it does. It but has. Whereas, it's very much that whole but long-term Joker, nemesis begrudging respect for each other that you get, like, like yeah, but, Sherlock and Moriarty have it. Like, it's it's a yeah, good, but where where Joker is always the one who's like, "You complete me, Batman. Let's you know we can yeah. do this forever and ever." This time it's actually Homelander, the 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 superhero, the 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 Superman coming and and saying to Billy Butcher basically, "I need a good villain. You're a good villain. Let's let's go at it together." Yeah, we both like the violence. And Butcher admits to it and says, "Yeah, that is what I want." But whereas uh, Homelander, it's what Homelander wants too. But Butcher knows, yeah, it's what I want. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I should or will get it because yeah, it's, it's not good not for everybody best. else. Uh, and especially after having visited Mallory and Ryan. Yeah, he knows he's got a good thing going yeah, on Yeah, he, he has realised there has been a positive change in him and what Huey yeah. has said to him about getting a life. Well, you and see that change straight away, by the way, he protects. Like, he's not going to tell Homelander where Ryan is at all. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. He's not really, a chance. really protective of him. Yeah, no, so so there's parts of me that I'm like, what is what exactly is Homelander planning here? What is he doing? Is it... There's a big spoiler for the comics here, but is this the start of like Homelander's coup? You know the kind of the way uh, yeah. he the way he is leading up to Hero Gasm in the he comics starts when he starts planning like things. recruiting other soups. Yeah, that's yeah, that's how I'll know if he tries to get one or two other soups on on his side it in the on same way, way he he's talked to Billy. It. Yeah, if he has any conversations with soups like the conversations he just had with Billy, I think I will be like. Oh, I think he's going for that coup idea, like in the comics. But yeah. it, this could be the first seeds of that being sown, I think. Yeah, well, he's already had a taste of it with Stormfront and yeah. how, if it's done right, how he can get the public adoration. Yeah. Because I don't think it's so much about taking over a vote as it is about his reinstatement as number one. Oh yeah, all home Homelander just still still wants He is not number two, he is number one. Yeah, he wants he wants to love the people back and he'll take his son back too if he can get it. But he's more concerned with the love of the people. Yeah, love of the people. He really is. He's number one. He's so, not number two, he's number one. <laughs> the only thing that we haven't talked about then is the big reveal not for us but for Huey at the end oh of the god, episode oh god poor Huey where he's noticed all Huey this wanted bloke. was to not be covered in blood and guts yeah and, and he can't help but you know follow his nose and he sees this guy yeah the, this guy who's been showing up he was at the red carpet event shouting Nadia he showed up in the office shouting Nadia and then he they shows like, up when they leave leaving work yeah and he's like my name is Tony she'll know who I am I'm her best friend happens to see him following her Thinks and oh I'd better go. Huey yeah, follows them. Follows them. Initially, I'd say to try and protect her, but as soon as she turns around and says, "Hey, Tony," yeah, we were like, "This is either going to go anymore. really well or really, really bad." Yeah, as she was following him, I was like, "Okay, so Huey's either going to meet the guy and he's going to fill her in on some shit, or he's going to see Newman kill this guy." Yeah. And the second he turned the corner and went down an alley after, her, I was like, like "Oh, yeah, he's oh dead. no, yeah, he's yeah, dead." Yeah, and and rightly so. Yeah, they have a little bit of a chat and give he gives some tantalizing information about oh, Red, Red River. River. 
which I have no idea what happens in episode two or three, but going by the comics. They're like a private security force facility type yeah, thing. They are to Vought as the Secret Service is to the White House, basically. But I've always had, I've had an inkling that Vought may have had some sort of covert training facility where they have been training soups up to be like Vic that are to be implants in politics, capital, mm. moving people into positions of power to assist their own game and soups that may not necessarily have an incredibly obvious power. but are Like something... your mesmers yeah. and your doppelgangers. But those ones are the ones that they're utilising, like the mind readers and stuff like yeah. that. Are, and they're using them to further their agenda in other arenas. So if, if Sage Grove um, was their, their R&D section... Yeah. Is Red River their covert black ops section? Yes. You know, and that's, I'm hoping it that's is. kind of what it is in the comics, except Red River is mostly just, it's not superheroes, it's just all the people. And they're put, it's it's all mm-hmm. the vault loyal people that are, are put into, like, they're put on the Secret Service detail. They're put, uh, um, you know, as yeah. bodyguards to governors and stuff like that. And they're mostly like Secret Service soldiers kind of things. Yeah. But in this, yeah, from the way I they're talking, I think it will be involved. It's covert soup, tra- like ones that covert are... Covert soup ops. Yeah. Basically, they're, they're groomed from a young age to infiltrate you know, they're leaders in economy. They've probably been put through universities. But it's like these Ivy Leagues to create these connections, things like that. Definitely going to be a big thing, I think, yeah. anyway. But uh, we also got a little confirmation on how her powers seem to work. She, yeah, she has definitely to be, needs to see. Yeah. She's and, got some good aim. She's got some fucking <laughs> death clock fucking violence going on. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, if she's she can, concentrating she can really hard, her, that's when the eyes go. She can modulate her power really nicely. And he knows what her power is exactly because when he flings her across oh, he's that dumpster, her eyes. he goes straight for the eyes. Oh, that and hand trying. exploding is uh-huh. just... Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Hand in a blender. <laughs> It's she, like, have you ever seen, you know, those photos of kids, like, you know, the don't use firework, don't play with fireworks ones? That's what his hand yeah. looks like. And he borked it, his x-ray. <laughs> she's kind of only got her, herself to blame for the way it goes down and the fact that Huey sees her because if instead of giving him a big hug and starting to give him the nosebleed that way, if she had just popped his head straight away before hugging him, I think she Huey might not have seen it. trying to um, maybe not get covered in viscera. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But uh, she does, and Huey sees it all, and yeah. then she makes a phone call to potentially Bruh. Red River personnel, Yeah, uh, where she's all panicked, and she's like, it's me, and then she kind of composes herself and says that she needs a clean-up team to where she is and walks off. Yeah. And as she's walking off... Or sorry, just before she, she makes the call, she explodes the whole body. Yeah. And Huey gets rained in blood because it's... It's, it's, it's rained in blood! <laughs> well, yeah, but it's not it's not a, a boy's season opener unless Huey is covered yeah. in blood. And and yeah, that's that's pretty much where the episode ends. Yeah, it's and, Yeah, I, I, was, I was happy um, in the same way that Butcher reveals to the boys more or less straight away that Becca's still alive. Mm-hmm. I was glad that Huey finds out about Vic at the end of the first episode and it's we don't have any stupid forced drama and tension over some characters knowing some things and some not knowing it because that always pisses me off yeah it's a bit stupid like I think everything that they've literally gone for episode one it's here's what happened here's all the shit you know this is all our key points for this season this is all the storylines we're going to be following yeah everybody's up to date on the events that happened in season two yeah, it is. It's mostly it's mostly there's catch no, up and then a couple of bits of new. Yeah. There was nothing that was like that they didn't really address. 
yeah, that so was left as, as a, a leftover from season two because I don't think especially if they hadn't addressed the, the Newman thing that would have really pissed off a yeah, lot of people too yeah so it looks like like going forward it's Soldier Boy and the payback stuff mm. it's Starlight and the co-captain stuff and it's Huey having just discovered the Vic stuff and then whatever Red River is going on and yeah. whatever's going on with MM. There's a couple of other smaller threads been set up but yeah, those are the kind of main bits. But, woof, what an opener. Yeah. Well worth the wait. Cannot wait to finish this record and jump straight I, into episode I two. I kind of wish they hadn't used Uptown Girl because being Irish every time I hear Uptown Girl it's, it's always Westlife. it's the Westlife it's one. It's fucking Westlife. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately I was the same. And it was and them doing the dance in the video because no matter where you went at any point in time like that video was playing somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And it's just I can't I can't no sex scene with Uptown Girl no. No. Doesn't no. work. Doesn't work. Mm-mm. But yeah, no, that that definitely a great opener. Can't wait to get watching on the second episode. Thank you guys for joining us. Welcome back to our season three yes. records. Glad we, to be back. Yeah, oh, definitely. You know, delighted as much as as happy as I was to sit down and watch the boys. I was equally happy to sit down and record and talk about it. We will be back to talk episode two. Hopefully shortly. Yeah, within I'd say about twenty four hours of whenever this episode goes up, you can mm-hmm. expect our episode two as well. In the meantime, not much of a meantime, we have been recording podcasts about some of our favourite films over on Monoranth at the Movies between just to fill the gap basically yeah. until season three came out. So if you're stuck for something to do, you can head over and check that out. Or you can come and chat with us on Twitter at Rants Mono or on Instagram at Monorants underscore the underscore boys. Or you can send your own rants to monorantspodcast at gmail.com. And we will see you all tomorrow. Toodaloo. Bye-bye. We are Science Fiction Remnant. This is the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. We are the Caribbean Science Fiction Network. We are Monorats. We are One Chord Level 2 Podcast. This is Sci-Fi.